My name is Dina and you're listening to Slav Suite, a podcast about Slavic languages. I'm sorry for this week's delay. However, I decided I'm not going to let a week pass without an episode and I was super excited to share this topic with you because honestly, it's one of my favorites, sound changes. I wanted to talk about sound changes that occurred in Slavic languages in general. But then I realized it is going to take me at least an hour, probably even more, to just cover them briefly. So I decided to do a couple of episodes where I'll concentrate on one specific sound change. The episodes would not mark the chronology of those sound changes appearing in Slavic languages. I'll just go with my favorites and then tell you when they occurred. This week I'm taking you on a journey with liquid metathesis. But first, Let's clear out what liquids are. Liquids are sounds r and l that kind of don't fulfill all of the requirements for consonants, however, certainly are not vowels. For example, in Serbian, r can sometimes also mark an end of a syllable, even though it's technically a consonant. Okay, now the first part is clear, let's jump to metathesis. What is metathesis? It is a process of sound swapping up positions in words. In other words, today we are talking about how R and L change their positions in Slavic languages. But did it happen everywhere? No, it happened in a position where a vowel and a liquid were circled by two consonants. So for example, word GLOVA in Polish used to be GOLVA in Proto-Slavic. Do you see what happened there? Of course, to make this even more interesting, or complicated, depending on your perspective, this liquid metathesis developed differently in different Slavic languages. But I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's take a closer look at when this sound change occurred. It is one of the last sound changes that appeared in Proto-Slavic language before it started splitting in 10th century. A global opinion is that it happened in time of Charles the Great, end of 8th and beginning of 9th century. Why, you may ask? This has to do with his name, actually. It is assumed that Karel is actually an earlier form of Kral, king. But there are other opinions as well. Now, before metathesis, some vowel changes occurred that are responsible for this so-called different outcomes that we can see in today's Slavic languages. Roman Jakobson, a well-known Russian linguist, divided these areas in five groups. Area number one are South Slavic languages and Central Slovak dialects. Area number two, Czechoslovak domain. Area number three, Polish and Serbian. Area number four, languages of East Slavia. And area number five, two extinct West Slavic languages, Polabian and Pomeranian. You remember that? Okay. In area number one, there was a generalization when it came to a long and short A in the diphthong with the liquid. They all became long, both inside and at the beginning of the word, so in laut and aus laut. When it comes to the vowel U, it was shortened and, in this group, abolished. Now, area number two went through the same changes, but only in in laut. Remember I said A had wrong and short version? Well, Areas 3 and 4 decided to stay with the short version. In area number 5, the diphthongs, t, t marking any consonant, a, r, r marking a liquid, 
t and t u r t fuse together, whereas in area three and four, t decided to add an additional vowel between a liquid and a consonant. But here's the catch: in area three, it happened after the metathesis, whereas in area four, metathesis technically never happened. So to summarize, before metathesis, we had a long a and short u in South Slavic languages, Czech and Slovak, short a and u, short a and u in East Slavic languages, Polish and Serbian, and short a and u that fuse together in Pomeranian and Polabian. <laughs> This is a lot. So now let's take a closer look at what happened during the metathesis. So Polish decided to make things a little easier by allowing the vowel and the liquid to just switch places, and then added a vowel between the first consonant and the liquid, which eventually fell out. So karwa, cow in Proto-Slavic is krowa in today's Polish. However, this a to o change that happened later did not occur in South Slavic languages and Czech. And Slovak, so we have Karwa in Proto-Slavic is now Krava in Serbian, and I mean in Slovene as well. I don't know about, that, but I guess it's in, it's in other South Slavic languages as well. East Slavic languages, as said before, didn't even go through metathesis. Actually, they just added the so-called sorapkhakti vowel, an additional copied vowel. So Karwa became Karova. And just like that, we got three different outcomes of the same process. But why is it like that? Well, this topic gets complicated, of course. Slavic languages wanted to make syllables systematical and symmetrical. Thus, liquids couldn't carry a syllable anymore and had to switch places with a vowel. This is really simplified, actually, but I hope you get the point. Okay, today was a lot of information, and this episode was no picnic, to be honest. But I hope you enjoyed. Next week, I will be talking about a different sound change: first palatalization. Until then, follow, subscribe, and write me on slavicdparty at gmail dot com. Thank you for listening.